Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Lacrosse fans, it's Tuesday, and that means it's time for another episode of Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network as we get you set for episode number 73. And when I say we, my name is Jake Elliott. I am in Port Coquitlam, British Columbia. My partner is Evan Schemenauer. He is in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Evan, welcome back to the podcast. Episode number 73, man. That kind of blows my mind. Uh, Good program lined up. Joel Feld from... The NLL, uh, NLL Productions, the executive there at League Offices will join us here in about 20, 25 minutes from now. We'll look forward to a conversation with Joe Feld. Uh, we'll have who we had. We'll have who you got. Some quick sticks in there as well. As uh, self-isolation, social distancing, hopefully not quarantine, Evan, because uh, I think a lot of people get that terminology confused a little bit. But uh, how's it going, man? You know, it's it's a strange world out there, and it's even stranger, I guess, for me in that, you know, I see everybody, it's like, you know, what should I Netflix binge, and what should this, that, that happen. I'm maybe on the lucky side of things where, you know, my job has not been impacted, other than, I shouldn't say it's not been impacted, but it's it's gone into fast forward, where... You know, I've got to deal with all the newest HR regulation and revised budgeting and cash flow forecasting and everything you could imagine as to what's the impact of these businesses going to be. And, um, you know, with one of my employers, uh, you know, what does the future look like for some employees? So it's it's gone into fast forward for me as opposed to everybody. A lot of people I know where it's just kind of slowed down. I, uh, I'm not going to lie, I did not understand a whole lot of that terminology you were just throwing around, Evan. What I did surmise from that is that uh, you haven't you haven't plugged into to Tiger King yet. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I got to find time for that, but no, I haven't. Okay. Uh, well, when you're ready for a train wreck, uh, strap in for for that one. Is uh, myself and and Danny was her her birthday weekend, uh, which was a little bit different. We we did some takeout from her favorite restaurant instead of dining in. Uh, did some online shopping. Uh, did a cake pickup, which was kind of a neat experience. Uh, ordered the cake, and then they kind of put it in a window. I went and grabbed it, and then they sent me a bill through email, and I paid through PayPal, which was uh, the first time I've had to do that or had done that. So all these little things uh, that, that we're having to do and making adjustments in our daily lives and routines, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm into, what, week three now, I suppose, here, Evan, and... I don't know if it's getting easier or if I'm getting more used to it or I've just kind of come to terms with it a little bit more. I'm I'm a little bit – I'm not doing the daily updating the numbers and looking at everything. Now that I kind of know what my responsibility is and what I expect out of my fellow human beings as far as how to act and where to be and where not to be and all – 
Like now that I kind of know the rules, the precautions, I'm not I'm not overly induced with with all this information coming out. I just kind of want to see a finish line. Yeah, it's a little different with me. I, I I did venture out one time to Shoppers Drug Bar, which just happened to be where my post office is, and I had to get some stuff from work from there, and it just felt eerie in that you're walking in there and you're constantly looking around corners to see if anybody's near you are you six feet away and mm. like it, it, it threw me for a loop so i've gone to like online grocery shopping and things like that just to kind of uh you know i'm not going to deal with that yeah i guess the the, the difference that has kind of come up the last couple of days is uh, you know, Tracy was laid off from her job and it was a working notice, which was strange for a hotel with zero guests uh, for the last little bit of it. But, you know, now that she's home, because most of the we- first two weeks I've been at home working while she's out working. And now, you know, she's home and it's a whole different little dynamic. But <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one way to put it, Evan. That's one way to put a whole different dynamic. I, I trust that you are not the only couple going through that adjustment period. For me, like I, when I'm out and about, and and I like I'm not I'm not going. The, pretty much the only time I'm going out is either to exercise in a in a place that's uninhibited, or I'm going to get groceries. And and when I do, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me to kind of wrap my head around or feel okay about is kind of shunning other people, like staying out of their way, not holding doors open, not, you know, giving them a friendly wink or a nod or a hello or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just like I feel like I'm being a, a rude person doing it because it's not in my nature to kind of act and be like that. But this is the way we're supposed to kind of live our lives right now. And, and I, I would hope that everybody kind of understands that. It's just like, you know, you, when you pass somebody on the sidewalk, you swerve away from them instead of giving them a, a bit of a salute and saying hello. You're like, this is, these are people in your, your neighborhood, in your community, and you kind of have to turn away from them right now. And I think that's that's been a difficult part for me. Yeah, and I mean, when is normal going to happen? If we look at, you know, lacrosse right now, and they just stated just not too long ago, OLA is out now until May 15th. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. No. But I started to have to think about. I thought about that this past weekend. It's you know, Vasily has a two and a half month window every year where he can play lacrosse. There's not any winter lacrosse really available in Saskatoon. And you know, the longer this goes, like, like I'm thinking that there's not going to be a season for the kids, and I'm <laughs> trying to plan for ways. It's like, how do I keep him sharp? How does he get to still? kind of play something yeah well, when hey man, this is all going on. we're all trying to figure out those those solutions right now and the fact that you know the ola has said may 15th like if they're saying that my hopes aren't high for for return anytime i mean like because we're talking this is within a province right this is a province decision and when you're talking about the national lacrosse you're talking about a continent with multiple states and provinces involved and if a province is saying we're not going anywhere until May fifteenth, that's a month and a half from now. I, I don't see how the NLL can even be close to being ready if if a province yeah. is saying that. So think of it this way: three teams in New York State. Yeah. Right. 
there is no way that anything is going to be lifted in New York State anytime soon. I have to appreciate Cuomo. I actually sit there and sometimes watch his webcast because this is a guy that's stepping up and trying to deliver actual information to people while he's dealing with a craziness. But for three teams, either they would have to play away from home or that's not a solution either. That's not, that's not a solution either. Right. Because they're coming from somewhere and, so uh, we'll just kind of we take it week by week here, and uh, we'll. I mean, and, and listen, we're going to talk to Joe Feld uh, here in about fifteen minutes, Evan, and he's he's living in New York right now, and and not too far away from the epicenter. So uh, he'll he'll have some some candid remarks and and kind of give you an idea of what's happening in New York, and then uh, what what's happening around the NLL and and how they're going to keep fans and and uh, people like us engaged through this time and I think uh, some good ideas have come out already and I'm sure more to come so with all that being said Evan uh, episode 73 here we last week did the 2010s bracket so we need to recap that in Stampede Tax who we had and speaking of all the coronavirus and COVID-19 Kevin Michael Winkler there at Stampede Tax and Western Wear would like to send out all the best to lacrosse classified listeners during these unprecedented times, which is real a real buzzword right now. Evan, I don't know how many times I've heard the word unprecedented in the last few weeks, but it's true. Uh, we hope that everyone is making it through this the best that they can, and all their loved ones are staying safe and healthy. We are missing lacrosse too, and we are hoping for the day that it comes back so we can all enjoy the game we love so much. Stay safe, lacrosse fans. Stay strong. Lacrosse is family, and family gets us through times like this. And uh, damn straight, Kevin Michael Winkler, and I consider that family a part of my family and a part of the lacrosse classified family and some caring, thoughtful words there from the Michael Winklers as uh, who we had here, Evan, 2010's bracket. And uh, I think I did a little bit better than you did uh, when when making these picks. Well, but uh, how, how, do we, how do we deal with that? Because... It's not a case. Uh, it's a case of okay, who the fans would think. Well, yeah, I'm thinking who I think would win. The, I'm thinking who I think would win the game. When we can't. Well, we're each game, we're each fans. doing that, and then the fans tell us who is right, right. and who is wrong. Well, and clearly the, is, the fans think uh, I am right, Evan. But but the thing is, we can't play the game. I could pick a game and who you got and be be 40% to win it, but they could still actually win it because the game has to be played. Wow. So I'm not going to pick who the Evan, fans Evan, think is going to Well, I mean, you're picking wrong then because the majority rules in this who you got scenario. It's just the way well, it is. I'm going to just continue to pick who I think would win okay, the game. Well, I'm if not going to be swayed by who you, you think can, the fans. If you want to lose, you can do that. Uh, 2016, 27. So 2016 rush going up against the 2017 Peterborough Lakers. And this might be the, one of the toughest opening round matchups that we have here in any bracket, Evan. And uh, I was a little worried about the rush here for for a little bit of a short time. And then I put out a tweet and, and called on Rush Nation to get out there and vote. We went up over 160 votes for this, Evan. 
But the Rush do squeak it out over the 2017 Lakers, 51.2% Rush win. Well, actually, both teams were actually pushing their fans to vote on this. So it was funny because the Rush had a fairly sizable lead at the start. Then the Lakers started to push their fans to vote. And then it went the other way. And then they kind of evened out in the end. Now, I was actually listening to your Rush Hour podcast. Mm, thank and you. And it was inter- here's, here's an interesting thing you had there. And actually, you were almost right uh, in that Derek Keenan is in every section of the bracket. Yeah. Right? He's with the Brooklyn Redmen in the 80s. He's with... Bandits in the two 90s. Rush. Two teams... No, 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 no. That's where you're wrong. There's two teams in the 90s bracket he's on. Uh, the Toronto Rock he also was with in the 99. Oh, 99. Okay, yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. So five... He's got five teams in this race, does Derek Keenan, uh, which is... Which is pretty impressive, I must say. Uh, we're going to talk about Derek Keenan coming up later in Quick Sticks as well. I don't want to give that quite away yet. But uh, Rush, get it done, Evan. We both had that one right. As the fans have spoken, Rush win. This one surprised me a little bit. i got to be honest with you here. 2017 Swarm, very good team down there in Georgia, winning the NLL Cup. Going up against the 2015 Shamrocks. And this one wasn't really close, Seven sixty point five percent Shamrocks. As I predicted, uh, I believe, Evan, outlasting the Swarm here as the Shamrocks are going to move on from 2015. Corey Small and company uh, with that big win over Peterborough on the Man Cup. I mean, I stick by my pick. Uh, I think the Swarm would still win this game. I, I think the two talented... Oddly enough, I was looking at the vote. You just hate like first... being wrong, don't you, Evan? You no, just but I, hate I, it. I, I stand by I know by you my do. It's the wrong pick, I, as the fans I, have I, let I, you know. But it's still, you just cannot, you just can't. And it, it could simply be that there aren't that as many Swarm fans as there are Shamrock well, fans. But uh, I will stand by it to the yeah, end that okay, the okay. Swarm would win that game. Yeah, you're going to stand in the loser's bracket is what you're going to do uh, since you picked the Swarm on that one. So Shamrocks move on. They'll take on the Rush in the next bracket, Sweet 16. Uh, our next matchup, intriguing matchup here. Let's go to the bottom of the bracket first. Let's do this one because this one was a landslide. Not even close. Biggest blowout so far. And... This 2018 Peterborough Lakers team that took out the 2011 Toronto Rock, I think this 2018 Lakers team, Evan, is going to go deep into the tournament here. 74% as Laker Nation shows up to vote for this one. I believe you took the Rock, Evan. I took the Lakers. Or do we both have the Lakers in this one? No, we both had the Lakers. Okay, we both had the Lakers in this one. And uh, they win it easily, 74% over the 2011 Rock. Rock are gone with one matchup to go. Well, but, you know, here will be the interesting thing. You think that the, that Lakers team is going to go deep. How big of a difference is there between the 17 and 18 Lakers? And the 17 Lakers just lost to the Rush. So, But they're, yeah, not, playing the, they're not playing the Rush the next. But, uh, but they, they could in they the, could. what is it, Elite Eight, yeah. Uh, it'd be, yeah, it would be the Elite Eight. That would be a heck of a matchup. We'll see if we get there. One more game to go here. It was also a very close vote and, and a lot of overlap in this matchup here, Evan, between the 2014 Nighthawks and the 2013 Chiefs. 
You took the Nighthawks. I took the Chiefs. The people have spoken once again, Evan. I was right. You were wrong. 52% Chiefs win. Which is a two-vote difference. Um, but I, I'll stand by it to say, like I said last time, say <laughs> that Rochester team, all three years that they won, they knew uh, how to win Evan. at the end when the games were big. Mm-hmm. I will stand by my pick. Right. You, you can stand again. You can you can stand by it all you want. It's the wrong pick as the vote. The majority goes to the Chiefs, so uh, that puts me at I think three. To, you got three teams out already here, Evan, in the opening round, and we're only two brackets deep so far. Gone, three teams gone, that, Evan. But you know what? I, I I'm saying who I think would have. I know what you're game, saying, Evan. Evan. But again, you know what? The fans are voting. And they have the final say. That's how it works. Uh, we're going to talk 1990s coming up later in quarter four for who you got. We'll look forward to that. Uh, some interesting matchups and uh, coming up. And who we got. We'll have quick sticks. Well, uh, what else you got, Evan? What else? And, and here's, here's the thing about when you look at the 90s, because there were fewer teams back then. Teams were that much more concentrated with mm-hmm. talent. Yeah, like that's the crazy thing when you look at these teams in the nineties. It's just like, oh my god, <laughs> these guys got to play together in the same team. It's amazing. Yeah, still in search of uh, a, a roster for nineteen ninety one. No, we we got that. Did we get we the? Got it. Did we get the turbos check, roster? Check. Check your. Oh, he came through, your, my uh, man, Steve Hallright. Inbox came, on, on oh, Twitter. came through yeah. again. He is a. We're going to talk to. We're going to line up Steve next week because we're going to go pre 1990s the next week. He's a lacrosse historian, a pro lacrosse historian, and he'll have some great stories about uh, the yesteryear and, and retro lacs and all the rest of it. So, uh, big shout out again to Steve Hallright, who's really helped us out for this uh, this March Madness Who You Got tournament here. So we'll we'll try and line him up for. Next week, uh, let's get to break here, Evan. Let's get into quarter two, and let's head to New York and talk to the head of NLL Productions on the other side. Joel Feld will join us here on episode number 73. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL analyst Brian Shanahan. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. I just dropped my pen there. Uh, You just heard from Associated Labels and Packaging. Our good friend Sean Ashworth and the gang had a quick chat with him the other day and asked him how things were going, and he is busier than ever right now, Evan. Of course, uh, with everything going on with COVID-19, I'm sure... Associated Labels and Packaging are producing tons of new labels with new restrictions and information and all that sort of stuff. And while they do that, they have their premise restrictions, their facility cleanliness, their monitoring personnel, and they're giving out daily updates to all their employees about what's happening 
around the warehouse and what have you, and I would expect no less from a company like Associated Labels and Packaging. That was your cue to talk, Evan, but since you're on mute, I shall continue here on episode number 73 as we welcome Joel Feld to the podcast here. Joel, what is your official title at the NLL? I should probably know this. I just know you as my boss, but uh, executive producer of NLL Productions, is that right? Executive, executive vice president of all of the league's broadcasts and it's all of its original content. So, yeah, you're close, but good enough for government work, as they say. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we haven't had a chance to do this. We've chatted many a time uh, off the record, but we'll, we'll put you on, so to speak, now. So welcome here to Lacrosse Classified. And um, as we were saying off the top, you are from New York and, and very close to what was an original hotspot. So I, I want to start off by asking, how are you and yours holding up through this pandemic? No, we're great. We're just like everybody else. We're trying to do our part and follow the uh, social distancing and other guidelines to stay safe and healthy. And uh, we're doing the same as you know everybody else is doing across the U.S. and Canada is trying to uh, do the right thing and so that we can beat this thing down and we can get back to our normal lives. Um, and I hope uh, all of our fans out there who are listening to this and you guys are also doing the same but the most important thing is for everyone to be safe and, and healthy I mean in the meantime we've got a void we've got a sports void uh, and lacrosse is not immune to anything going on talk about the content that's being produced right now the old games that are coming online Devin Caney doing a bunch of interviews what is it the fans are going to come to expect for probably the next month or two while we're trying to sort everything out? Yeah, well, the most important thing besides, you know, everybody staying healthy and, and practicing their social distancing is from a league and a business and a sports fan perspective, what we're trying to do is make sure that we maintain relevancy with our fans. Uh, we're doing that by trying to be fan first, focus on engagement with our fans, create um, new content, much like many of the other sports leagues are doing, which is a combination of new content ideas that we came up with. We had a big brainstorm after the league announced uh, the suspension of play. We took the position that, or the point of view that this was going to happen, you know, go on for a while, and that we needed to find ways to connect with our fans and make sure that we stay relevant. So we had a big brainstorm. We had we formed a, a, an emergency programming uh, content and marketing meeting with our team and started laying out both the ideas, but also the operational challenges that are um, you know that all of us are experiencing and trying to produce content uh, remotely. Yeah, and that, I would imagine that is quite a challenge to to be able to do that as we speak with Joe Feld here. And and how have you kind of circumvented those those challenges? I know Devin's kind of working out of her place. I'm sure you're doing a lot out of yours. And and Nick and Jessica and everybody's kind of just working from home. But how have you overcome? Well, a lot of communication online, as you might imagine. A lot of uh, thank goodness for Zoom and and other video chatting technology that allows us to have virtual meetings so that everything isn't just done on the phone. We can have really in-depth content creation meetings and, uh, and, and, and launch, you know, some really great content. 
So that's, you know, part of it is communication. Part of it is coming up with technology and operations device. And we've got a great operations team that helps us uh, execute the, the ideas that we have. So we've been using Skype. Uh, we've been using Zoom, uh, a variety of other platforms that a lot of other people in the same position of ours are using to uh, push out content. So uh, we gave Dev, we gave Devin a, a, a quick uh, a lesson on being <laughs> to be a, a, a one-person operation, if you will, on, on show day, if you will. She's the, the booker, the questioner, the operations person. And then in some cases, she's also the editor. So she's really been a huge superstar for us uh, throughout uh, since uh, this uh, since this started. Yeah, no, she's been fantastic. And 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 out of you know, kind of all these meetings and and brainstorming, Joel, you've come up with with a couple of things within transition and and NLL True Classics. And I know the True Classics has kind of been a big hit, where you guys lay out a slate of games that you put up on on the NLL's YouTube channel and just kind of let it run. Um, who's who's selecting these games, and and how did you come about with this idea? To and and are like how long are we going to run with this? Are we going to start to get back into some maybe some yesteryear games, or how is all that going to work with BR Live? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the first ideas that came out of the big original brainstorm meeting was launching a a classics channel on our YouTube channel. Candidly, it was something that we really were trying to get done over the last year or so but just never really had the time and the resources to do it. So this was the right time uh, to, to do this. We chose um, two seasons of games that were part of the original NLL.TV um, uh, uh, digital first initiative that launched after Nick Sikavich became commissioner back in 2016. So those were the easiest games to find, if you will, in our library mm. and then um, edit and then uh, put on a playlist and launch the channel. Uh, simultaneously, we're working on the next tranche of games, which goes back to 2012, uh, which we're hoping to add to the playlist uh, in about a week or so, maybe about 10 days. Nice. And then the remaining library of games, which dates back to the 80s, is in a um, a storage locker someplace. <laughs> so that's a whole other the old VHS tapes, probably. Yeah, <laughs> VHS DVDs, probably some two inch tape. There you go. Um, God only knows. Guy only knows what's in there. So <laughs> that's a process. That's a whole other separate process that we have to go through. We actually have a catalog of all those games, oh, but wow. they have to be digitized. And so that'll take a while, but our hope is, is that we'll be able to get to that over the course of the next couple of months and start adding some games to the, to the true classics channel. One of the features that you brought on board uh, the last couple of years is that I think has worked fabulously at the fans is NLL wired. And we talked mm-hmm. to, to Todd LeBranche about this a few weeks ago where, you know, it really gave that insight to the referee and what, is happening with the call what's being considered and at least the fan you might not like the call but at least might start to get an understanding of it talk to us about nll wired are there plans to expand it and has there ever been a time maybe where it backfires like i wish that was on the broadcast <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah the answer is yes i mean when we looked at what we could offer nll fans and on the production side in our live broadcasts 
that was um, innovative and uh, expansive of what sports fans currently experience by watching sports, whether it's football or basketball, hockey. You know, we saw a real opportunity at the NLL because of the familiarity of the access that the league allows, that the players are so uh, supportive of, that the referees were so supportive of, the coaches and owners. They were all on the same page that um, they were willing to uh, be open to the idea of sort of pulling the curtain back and letting fans hear part of the, you know, what happens within the game that they don't ordinarily get to see. And, you know, as a football fan or a hockey fan, when you see the referee go under the hood, and um, uh, talk to whomever they're talking to about adjudicating a particular replay or so. I, as a fan, found it frustrating that I couldn't hear the conversation and how the referee arrived at his decision. So we thought the first thing that might make sense and might be fun for the fans to be able to hear was how the official goes through that process of making the decision. And yeah, it could backfire, absolutely. But that's the beauty of live television. And the fact that we stream all of our broadcasts on VR Live gives us a little bit of a window and an opportunity to be able to push the envelope a little bit and take some chances with that. And I give all, I give, frankly, uh, Jake and Evan, I give all the credit to the referees for being open to it because without their support, um, we couldn't be, we couldn't, we couldn't do this. Yes, and speaking with Joe Felden and Ian Garrison just doing a fantastic huddle up, kind of gave you the inside look to a, a day in the life of an NLL referee and what they go through uh, leading up to a game and afterwards. So uh, check out the NLL social channels to to get a look at that because I thought that was fantastic stuff. Really well done. Uh, you got a big commitment, Joel, and, and you were one of the first hires from Nick Sakevich when he took over as com- commissioner that they really want to improve the broadcast quality and and content as far as the national cross league went and and now that you're you're you know three four years into it deep here and have you been able to accomplish everything that you've wanted to on a yearly basis joel i know you know rome wasn't built in a day so to speak here but there's been significant improvements we look at the draft and what's what's happened there and and the broadcast for games and all the enhancements that have come along with it and this took a, a major investment from the owners to to have happen but it doesn't happen without you either. Have you been able to to get and do all the things that you've wanted to do so far? That's a, that's a tough question to answer, Jake. I say I'm really, as a producer, I'm really never satisfied or fully satisfied. Um, but I say that knowing that, to your point, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time. I think part of the challenges that we all face as a league from all, you know, from you all who have been involved for so many years is that the league's been around for a long time. And it's really been over the last two or three years or four years since Nick became commissioner that there was finally a, a real strategy in place to be able to build the league and have it uh, uh, be competitive at some point with the other major leagues. And I think we're on that track to do that. And, te- and broadcast and television is a huge part of the overall equation. It's about bringing more people into the tent. It's about exposing the game to more fans. It's about improving the quality of the broadcast for the fans who have been following the sport for so long. But it takes time, and it takes money, and it has to be done in a step process with the rights agreement that we have with our partner, VR Live, and they've been terrific partners uh, for us. And with that comes additional sponsors, commercial sponsorships, 
and real, you know, revenue that's attached to the broadcasting side. And so, you know, even though the league is going to be in, is going to start its 35th season next year, in many year, in many ways, it's still a startup um, under this new administration. And so, I have to be um, aggressively patient. I guess is the way I try to frame it up in my own mind. <laughs> but we have a lot to do. There's a, there's a lot to do here, and um, I'm really proud of what all the teams have accomplished over the last, the first couple of years. But um, I guess I would say honestly, if you look back at the way hockey was covered 20 years ago. And you see the way hockey is covered now. That's the way the sport should be covered. And that's the way I think the sport can be covered. More cameras, more access, more cameras, more access, more inside looks, more peel back the curtain, um, more engagement with our fans. And perhaps that's one of the challenges we've seen over the last few years where you've got some arenas where you've got an NHL team there. You've got the high definition cameras. You've got a lot of different camera angles very easy to follow the game. You know, Philadelphia, the quality of the picture coming out of there is phenomenal. Then you got an arena, mm-hmm. say, like like New England, where not so many cameras. You know, we had the issue with in the game against Philly of no overhead cam and trying to review the goal. Talk to us about yep. the challenges and maybe how the league's trying to address the differences between the various arenas. The, the, the challenges is that it's a step process. You know, when we launched the broadcast initiative two years ago, we gave all the teams minimum broadcast guidelines that they needed to invest in in order to deliver a first-generation quality product. And there were going to be some holes and challenges within that process. And so we learned as we as we've gone along and we've been sensitive to the investment that the teams have made uh, and will continue to make hopefully on the broadcast side. But those are things that we very closely look at Jake. And as we, you know, sort of sequence through this right deal and hopefully a new rights deal, our hope is, is that with those um, investments will come an expansion of facilities and a normalization of uh, facilities uh, from arena to arena, but it takes time, and um, you know we're on it. Uh, let's 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 put it that way. And uh, since that time, by the way, New England has put overhead cameras in their arena, oh. so uh, we won't have that issue. We won't have that issue again. Okay, um, that'll save my save my report card this summer for sure. Uh, as we speak with <laughs> Joe Felds here, a couple more minutes, and and I want to go back yeah, to the wired yeah, thing. Because they don't like. They don't like. They don't. They, they only like good report cards. There you they, go. They don't like the bad. Report That's cards. right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, Jake, that we really appreciate everybody's feedback. There's no, you know, I, I've been at this for a really long time. I've been in this business forty years. Um, uh, we have very thick skins. I think everybody has got the league's interest and its success in in in, in their hearts. And although we can't instantly execute on every idea that people send our way i for one and i know i can speak for my whole team and for the league office for that matter we really appreciate the feedback it's really helpful yeah absolutely uh we encourage that here at lax class as well last one here for you joel i want to get back to wired because i really think and evan evan said it like i not only is it one of the coolest things in lacrosse and the national like i i think this is like one of the coolest things in pro sports and and we've seen with with nfl films and in the 30 for 30s and and those type of things where they'll they'll get on sidelines they'll get on benches they'll get in dressing rooms and and have 
raw audio and video from from coaches and players and these things don't air in a timely fashion they kind of get pieced together and come out later because one teams don't want that stuff coming out right away kind of after the fact is okay but is there a thought process to the National Lacrosse League trying to get some of that sort of stuff where they can piece those kind of features together where they get real in-depth like you said behind the curtain sort of stuff yeah, the answer is yes. We've got a, you know, we launched a series last year called Chase for the Championship, which is a, a, a sort of a starter version of that, Jake. Again, um, producing those kinds of, uh, that kind of content can be a very expensive undertaking to be done the right way. Um, and that is something that is very much high on our development list to be able to expand and do because, you know, again, as I said before, one of the great, opportunities and advantages of working with the national working in and with the national lacrosse league is how open everybody is to uh, allowing that kind of access. And so, you know, in other sports leagues, it can take a a significant amount of uh, politics and (laughs) conversation and debate and some cases rule changes in order to um, get that kind of access. But in our league, um, everybody is really very open to it. So it really behooves us to focus on trying to figure out how to get things like that done. I mean, I'd love to see a, you know, next year, I'd love to see an episodic series of behind the scenes, whether it's following the team or whether it's following a series of teams where we could be in the dressing room. We could be there at halftime. We could be on the bench. Yeah. We could, you know, take what you've seen in some of the other sports do and really sort of and really blow it out. Well, we'll look forward to that. That's why uh, our sport, our league, that's why you're the best, Joe Feld, because uh, you're making things like that happen at the National Lacrosse League, and, and we love it, man, and, and we really appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with us. My, it's my pleasure, but you're, you're being way too kind. I've got a spectacular team, and um, I've got a spectacular team, and they are the ones who all make it happen, but not only at the league office, but also – the league broadcast, every league broadcast executive who is on board with our plan and the producers who produce those games and the talent that executes those shows. It takes, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, as you know, Jake, it's, if I counted up all the people who are involved on the broadcast side, it's probably close to 60 or 70 people across all of the different teams. And they're the ones who make this happen. So you're very kind to give me the credit, but it really belongs to all the people who are involved in our broadcasts on a day-to-day basis. Well, you just uh, thank them all right there here on Lacrosse Classified. So thank you, Joel. Thank you to them as well. And uh, listen, man, be be safe, be well, and, and I hope uh, to see you sooner than later. I was really looking forward to for our Calgary-Saskatchewan trip. That looks like it's not going to happen, but hopefully we can catch up sooner than later. I, I hope so. I was hoping to make the Calgary and Saskatchewan trip, but it appears like it's not going to be in the cards. But it's really great talking to you. Thanks for having me. Um, and you guys stay safe. And to all of our fans out there, um, stay safe and be healthy. And we hope to see you back on the floor before too long. There you go. That was Joe Feld from the National Lacrosse League, Vice President Broadcast uh, Communications Talent. Everything to do with the, the content and the broadcast that come out of the National Lacrosse League. That's the man right there, and um, I, I can't wait to, to kind of see these true classics keep rolling out, Evan, and what the future is going to hold here for the National Lacrosse League when we get rolling again, because we've seen significant improvement to the broadcast year after year, and I think that's just a trend that's going to continue. 
Yeah, actually, it's these classics that are starting to show us where this broadcast has come from say, right. four or five yeah, years bingo. ago to where it is today, right? Absolutely. And that's really where you can you can see the difference. No doubt about it. All right, thanks to Joe Feld for his time. That was quarter two. We're going to move to quarter three. We like to call it quick sticks in quarter three. A couple of news and notes for you on the other side, and then we'll get into the 1990s bracket for who you got, March Madness style. It's all coming up here on episode 73 of Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Class 5 Black All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. We are back. This is episode 73 right there. Vancouver Warriors. Nothing's offside. Visit them at VancouverWarriors.com. Um... We should probably maybe have a Warrior on uh, next week as well, Evan. Just going to check in with our friends at the Warriors, see how everything's going on down there. Uh, they're still pumping out the content and uh, at, excuse me, NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. And uh, if you have any questions or concerns or what have you, I know uh, my man Dave Sheldon would probably be happy to answer anything you got. Or if you want to give him a call at 604-899-4625. Any concerns you have regarding tickets or anything else, merchandise, whatever, give him a call and somebody will be happy to help you. Uh, what do you think? Should we have a little warrior check-in with somebody? Maybe Logan. Maybe we'll get uh, Big Dan on. Uh, just have a, a quick check-in with you know, somebody from Vancouver. That's not a bad idea because you think about it. We started the year checking in with the GMs, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a mid-season report card isn't a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that on the burner and let it simmer over the next uh, couple of days here, Evan. We are into quarter three, and in quarter three, we like to do quick sticks, and I would say a a very light week in quick sticks, and I would say that's probably pretty predictable in the life and times that we have right now. Not a lot of news going on around the lacrosse world. Uh, You mentioned the OLA putting a a hold on things till May 15th. I would expect other provinces to probably follow suit in fairly short order. We may see dates go even deeper into the summer than the middle of May. We'll just have to wait and see. We talked a lot about uh, NLL Classics. How about the No Mercies, Evan? At it again there back in Halifax. Micah Kersey and his young daughters with the dance moves. Uh, I did a little dancing myself today, by the way. <laughs> okay, but I want the video that. So you got to tell Danny next time. We no, I have video. video. I took, uh, actually, I'll tell you, uh, my buddy posted something up on Facebook where he kind of put himself out there. This was uh, maybe last week, and he said, you know, we're, we're all going a little crazy indoors. I'm going to post this up and kind of make, make a fool out of myself. And he posted up him just kind of dancing around his living room, and he said, I want, I want your videos back. And uh, it took me a while to work up the courage for that, but I did take video of it. I haven't posted it yet 
But uh, it is out there. Anyways, uh, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm talking about the Accursies right now, and they are absolutely killing it on, on TikTok and, and these dances they're doing. Well, and think about it. Like, Mike Accursies played for how many years? Those knees cannot be in good shape. Man. And yet he can still pull off these dance moves. Yeah, I mean, the choreography, all of it. Like, he's just dialed right in. Um, so well done there to the No Mercy Accursies who keep crushing it. And and with that, you know, I, I saw Accursies kind of challenge the head coach and general manager of the Rush, Derek Keenan, to, to get something going with his daughter, but instead, Jammer Coach, uh, he, he kind of went in a different direction. He flat out said, listen, I can't dance. So uh, what I'm going to do is, is put you through a little TRX workout uh, in his carport back there in Ontario. You see that? No, I haven't seen that one yet. No, check I think that out. a few more challenges, too, like the Billy D. Smith and a few other guys. Soupy and whatnot to put out their dance videos. We'll have to see what comes of it. Oh, there's so many challenges out there. I've seen the push-up challenge, the shotgun beer challenge. Now I'm starting to see uh, the shave-your-head challenge, Evan. Have you seen this? Uh, Jenner buzzed it off. No. Uh, he, he challenged Lewis Ratcliffe, and he told him no <laughs> <laughs> so so now guys are starting to shave their head, I think. What's another challenge I saw? Um, I, I just slipped my mind. But there's all these challenges starting to kind of break out. Oh, the toilet paper challenge. Have you seen this, Evan, where you, you volley a roll of toilet mm-hmm. paper ten times? So uh, these little pass videos, lacrosse videos are starting to come out. And these are the things that are they're kind of keeping me going through this time, these these internet phenomenons in a time like this. Yeah. And there's also the the one that was out there, which was just post a picture, no explanation, right. right? Yeah. And it was great seeing some of these old photos or Brody McDonald. Oh man, he won that internet that that with yeah. that one. That was spectacular. I actually called that game. Uh, that that Brody posted the picture out where there was a complete line brawl with uh, with the bellies in a playoff game. But anyways. Um, that was a fantastic picture, but I'm seeing all these kind of things coming out, so I wanted to make mention of that. Uh, I saw somebody post something about the 2010 Junior Adnax Minto Cup team being one of the greatest junior teams of all time, which I think they are. Nick Rose said, well, they might be, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And and he played Bill in that Minto Cup. Little, yeah. yeah, he had <laughs> he tongue-in-cheek, but I, I replied to him and I said, well, if they're not in your top five, I'd love to see yours if they're not in it. And he said I was kind of half joking, but that kind of got the debate started or the discussion started about the greatest junior A team of all time. Well, okay, but here's the one thing. That Coquitlam team back then is basically the Saskatchewan Rush team of today. <laughs> yeah. right? Well, <laughs> like, they got a pretty like, good, healthy it translated chunk of it. from junior success to – NLL success with the exact same formula. Yeah, so, for anyone that doesn't it's know, it's it's uh, well, formerly Nick Beelich was on that team, but the Cornwall brothers, Matthews, Dinsdale, Church, McIntosh, uh, there. I think there's a couple of more in there too, but um, very very good team back then. They had like Matt Beers, uh, Brody McDonald was on that team, uh, so some good. 
good players back on that 2010. I think the 07 Arrows team, 95-96 Northmen got to be in that conversation as well. The Whitby teams of the early 2010s were very good. Uh, so interesting just kind of a topic there. Best junior team of all time. We might have to start up that discussion. And the last thing I want to mention, and, and you told me to mention this last week, and I think I forgot, but with everything that's been going on, contracts are going to be expiring in the NHL and the NLL, Evan, do you want to kind of explain this? What's going to happen on July 31st? Yeah, this is the interesting thing. And there would have to be some negotiation with the PLPA on this, but where the conversation started and this is where it got my mind thinking was in the NHL, they're looking still at playing games in August and September to try and finish the season. Problem is for anybody that's in the final year, of their contract, their contract is up on June 30th, right? So, <laughs> do they even have access to these players after June 30th? And it got me to think, it's like, well, hold on a second here. NLL contracts expire July 31st. Once again, is there going to be an issue where if games are going beyond July 31st as to whether a player still belongs to the team? I, I think that's something to get worked out, but there's a technicality out there that does need to get worked out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure though those discussions have been in the works and obviously not on the, the front burner or the top priority right now, but it will be a bridge that will have to be crossed. Um and it'll I, I don't think they can cross it until they know what the rest of this year is gonna look like. I think that's kind of the, the issue. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think players are going to because they they've got they still kinda owe for X number of games that they've been paid for these last couple of months, but you know, there is labor law, unfortunately, underlying this, and it likely would require some form of amendment agreed to the two by the two sides. There you go. I'm sure they'll make it happen. Uh, that was quick sticks. That was quarter three. A quick one here on Lax Class. Let's get into quarter four, Evan. Before we do, I would want to give out another big shout out to to one of our other sponsors, who's kind of. Been left in the wind here a little bit with no games going on, and that's G. Wilson Construction. Uh, they're they're going through tough times just like everybody else right now, but uh, check them out because once things get rolling again, I know they're going to be hiring a bunch of people. So if you're looking to get started in the construction industry, have a look at gwilsonconstruction.com. Submit your resume now. Get yourself uh, in there. Get, get your foot in the door, and then... Once we get past all this, uh, maybe follow mm-hmm. up gwilsonconstruction.com. Thanks to them for their continued sponsorship and support here through uh, COVID-19. All right. Well, maybe we need to go back to the fans and say, like, if you, there's things that you still don't understand, yeah. you need them to explain. Why not? To bring your submissions in, we can... We can still do it under review, even though there's no action. There you go. That's a great point, Evan. And and I think uh, now that we've kind of done it all right, but next week I think I I got a couple that uh, that we can discuss. So that is a great idea. It doesn't necessarily have to be a rule that happened in a game or a call that happened in a game. It can be anything that you'd like us to review. So great suggestion there, Evan. Way better than your picks that you had last week for the 2010 bracket. We'll see if you can do a little better here for the 1990s when we return to Lacrosse Classified, episode 73, right after this. Hey, this is Reese Dutch of the Calgary Roughnecks and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. 
Here we go. Quarter four. Back with you, Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer. No more breaks here on Lax Class 7 as it's time to play. Stampy Tax, who you got? Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 Stampy Tax, who you got? Uh, as we know, COVID-19 going on and Stampy Tax trying to do their part and work our way back to normal one day at a time. It's the only thing they know how to do. So things are, are crazy right now. But if you need any workwear or anything else, please remember that Stampede Tack and Western Wear is still open 24-7 at stampede.ca. Where you, or you can call 1-800-745-5511. And they will try and assist you the best they can under tough working circumstances. But they want to say thank you again for all your support, lacrosse fans, and we look being they look forward to being back out on the floor with you all very soon once again. So uh, Stampy Tax still open. Stampy.ca shopping online, still shopping local. If you need anything during these trying times, I know essential workforce is still out there getting it done, Evan, and and they need boots, they need jeans, they need jackets, and they can get them at Stampy. Com. No, stampede.ca, excuse me. Evan, yeah. are, are you there? Yeah, yeah. No. I didn't get my mute button hit in time. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm in the process right now of everything that's uh, being ordered online. So be certain if I need something there, <laughs> Kevin's getting a getting a quick message. Well, there you go. Okay, Evan, let's uh, let's get into the 1990s bracket here. Uh, this should be interesting. Our first matchup featuring the 1991 Detroit Turbo featuring a young Paul and Gary Gate uh, and even younger Neil Doddridge on this team as well, Evan, winning the championship were the Turbos. An 8-2 regular season. They beat the Thunder in front of 10,000 in Baltimore. This uh, this Turbos team, I, I, I do not recall this Turbos team. I'll be quite frank with you. But a lot of people saying this was an unbelievable squad. Well, let me post this question to you in this battle first. Who wins the jersey war between the Rocks and the Turbos? Ooh, well, <laughs> well, Detroit was like, what, purple, silver, and blue? Is that... Is that kind of their? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to go with Detroit on this. I got to go with Detroit on this. I mean, I, I'm still traditional colors. I'll take the rocks, but yeah, everybody comes back to this. Somebody's got to go back to those purples, and it's like, yes, just don't allow it to go with teal and a few things. I <laughs> I know you don't like those old Rochester purple and teals. I think you're nuts. Uh, not that I don't like the Shamrocks jerseys, but uh, I just you know. Purple for me, I, I something about purple. Shamrocks, nineteen ninety seven. My man Rodney Tapp posting up a picture on Facebook. You know, with the like you're talking about with the lacrosse photo, one picture. He had a picture of him laying at center floor of Memorial Arena on the Shamrock logo with the man cup, smoking a cigar, I believe, uh, after winning back there in nineteen ninety seven. Again, Gary Gate on this team. Tommy Marichek returning home to Victoria to take another run at the man cup. Marty O'Neill. Between the pipes, this was a a unique man cup, Evan, because they actually beat the Niagara Gamblers, who were playing out of the USA in Canadian summer lacrosse. They featured this game on TV. Also, 
a Jenner in this man cup, but it's Freddie Jenner part of the Shamrocks, not Teddy for the green and white. Uh, and it was a pretty convincing win for this 97 team, Evan. I think uh, 4 1 the final in the man cup in, in 97. So the question is who I got? The question, yes, indeed, the question. <laughs> I forgot the question. I mean, who you got? Okay. Uh, odd story. I actually had the chance to play with Rodney Tapp a while, oh, a long time ago. Tapper. Yeah, what a, what a gem, Rodney Tapp. I'm sure you got some great Rodney oh. Tapp stories. I got a bunch. Everybody, I guarantee anybody that knew Rodney or played with Tapper has a Tapper story, and it's a legend. Oh, yeah. No, a great guy, and all the stories are going to stay secret at this stage. But um, Yeah, most of them need to. Yes. Yeah, they do. But uh, – Here's here's my philosophy on this. Yeah, I mean, you did have the Gate brothers there in Detroit very early in their careers versus a much more experienced Gary Gate. And the Gary Gate and Tom Marichek combo, like, my goodness, give me the rock. Yeah, I'm taking the 97 rocks here. Darren Dreisig, Hamilton, bunch of these guys. This was early in my WA career as well. I played against this 97 team, Evan. Not with, uh, with Tommy and Gary. They kind of swept in later in the year, but um, – what a team this was, and and like I said, they they won the Man Cup pretty convincingly over a good Niagara Gamblers team, but uh, not good enough. So, give me the '97 Rocks as well as we move along. 1995 matchup here, Evan. The '95 Chiefs taking on the '95 Wings. 95 wings. I had a little text convo with uh, with the president of the San Diego Seals who was on this team, Steve Govett, uh, previous to this. I said, you know, like I'm 95 wings are up this week. You got a favorite memory or an anecdote? And he, he said, what a team that this, this was. Dallas Eliak in between the pipes. Gary Gate actually scoring the winning goal here for, for Philly in 95. Back-to-back titles as they won over Rochester, 15-14. He said he, he set the pick on Reggie Thorpe to open up Gator for the winning goal and actually watch Gary score it from his backside because he got knocked down on it. Four titles in nine years for the Philly Wings through those uh, those 90s years, Evan. 15-14 over Roch as they take on the 95 Chiefs. We just had Brian Shanahan on last week. He was on this team, talked about the team. Miles General with a nasty hit on Ben Hilgies in Game 1 at Queen's Park Arena. Joey Hiltz and J.J. Hartle, Kurt Malowski, Rick Mang for the for the bellies in this 95 series, taking on uh, Paul Gate in his prime, the Kilgore brothers. This was an absolute war at Queen's Park Arena. The Chiefs come out on top 4-2 over the bellies in that man cup. 95 Chiefs going up against the 95 Wings. Evan, who you got? Not an easy one, but let's just look at this roster for two seconds for the Chiefs. Paul Gate, John Tavares, two of the probably the best four players of all time, right? The Kilgore brothers, Dwayne Jacobs, Troy Cordingly, Rodney Tapp, and you know, Randy Mearns is on there, Marty O'Neill in the lineup, right? It's just like all these guys, one after another after another, I've got to take the Chiefs. This is just such a loaded lineup. Yeah, they went on to win the next year as well. Back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back championships there for the Chiefs, 94 through 96. Uh, two of them coming over the bellies, uh, uh, 
bench clearing brawl back there in Brantford, Ontario. You can see that one on YouTube if you haven't seen it already. So uh, Chiefs, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. This team was absolutely loaded. Similar to the 2018 Peterborough Lakers, I think this team is going to go deep into the bracket here. Uh, Tough matchup coming up next against those 97 Rocks, uh, 95 Chiefs. That'll be an interesting vote there. But for me, I'm taking the Chiefs in this one as well. Two down, two to go. 1992 Buffalo Bandit 7 taking on the 91 New Westminster Sam Bellies. The Bandits roster was ridiculous. Kevin Alexander, Tavares Young, Johnny Tavares, Bobby Hamley, Mike Meridian, Bill Gary in goal, of course, Derek Keenan on that squad as well. Going up against the 91 Bellas featuring the dude, Dave Durante, Captain Eddie Eric Cowison, Jordy Dean, in his prime, they swept Brooklyn 4 nothing to win their 24th and last man cup, Evan, back in 1991. Great belly squad from 91, taking on a heck of a Bandits team from 92. Who you got? I mean, that 92 Bandits team is considered by many one of the greatest of all time. I'm not going against that whistle. I'm taking the Bandits. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty safe bet there as well. I think this is going to be another team that's heading to the potential Final Four here. We'll see how it plays out, but... That band, I only had a like. I, I go back and watch on YouTube. I've seen seen them play a couple of games from that '92 season, and man, if you get go, again, Dallas Eliak, Hall of Fame netminder, go to his YouTube channel, and he has got games that, from the MILL days of the late '80s, early '90s. Like uh, you might not even really recognize the sport. It was like big, massive. American athletic lacrosse players with some Canadian talent kind of sprinkled in. And these guys just wanted to put each other through the wall every time that they hit somebody. Like, they were out to hurt people, these guys. But that's the way the game was played. No, no, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the way it was played, and that's the way they wanted it played. That's the way they let them play. But it's just, it's like, it's wild to watch because it just looks like chaos. It looks just insane to watch like it's it's crazy oh i mean there's probably some fans would still love for that to be the case but we gotta we gotta take care of people's heads well that that's just it like i mean i'm sure there's a ton of people that would love to see the game still played like that but it's just not humanly safe to do it which is why i'm telling you go back and watch these games because you can still watch them but you just we're we're not going to see lacrosse like that ever played again one more matchup to go here. 1999 Toronto Rock taking on the 1993 Brampton Excelsiors. Also, Brian Shanahan on that 93 team. Beat Coquitlam. And remember this now. Coquitlam winning the first game. Pat Coyle saying, uh, you know, good. T- but then they were going to four-bang him after that. That's exactly what they did. Beating Coquitlam on their home floor. 1993, John Tavares still wearing the number 6-7 so young in his career. I watched him score a reverse backhand on a breakaway in this series. Kind of one of my real like mainstay memories watching this 93 Brampton team as a junior player, watching them compete in the Man Cup. Um, I'll always remember this series and that team. Coyle brothers, Veltman brothers, 
Great team uh, taking on the 1999 Toronto Rock. Perfect 8-0 at home. Beat Rochester in the final in front of 15K at Maple Leaf Gardens. This game aired on Sportsnet. This was a heck of a performance here by the 99 Toronto Rock, which really kind of started their run of championships. So, 93 Excelsiors, 99 Rock. Evan, who you got? This is the toughest one of the lot, and... You know, you got to respect a lot of that Excelsior's team. There's no question there's a ton of talent. There's a really warm spot in my heart for this Toronto Rock team, and perhaps it's because this is what introduced me to lacrosse way back when, when Sportsnet started televising these games. And, you know, you got Colin Doyle, you've got Jim Veltman, you've got uh, Bob Watson and that <sighs> head-to-head one game. I'll take the 99 Rock. Okay, I'm taking Brampton, Evan. It could be a four-game spread here when the votes come in, which, uh, by the way, you are going to be responsible for here moving forward because not only did I screw up the thread and not tweet these things out individually, but then I put the wrong time amount on the poll length, which is still running right now and should be over. So uh, I've sent you the pictures of the rosters. I will leave it to you to, to tweet those out for the fans to vote and keep those votes coming in fans. We appreciate uh, your participation here in who you got March madness, greatest box lacrosse team of all time tournament. It's been fun. Well, we got an interesting bracket coming up next week, right? We sure do. A lot of teams that we have no idea how who it is. I mean, we got names and whatnot we can associate with some of this, but such varying different styles of play and such varying different talent levels. Oh, pick winners. It's going to be interesting to see how that one plays well, out. Well, one of those teams is going to make it to the Final Four. We know that. Right? Like, that's going to happen. So it's pre-1990s, and we'll have Steve Holroyd on next week to kind of help us break. We might have to, like, keep him for two segments. We'll, we'll, We'll do, like, we'll have a chat with him about lacrosse and yesteryear, and then maybe we'll just keep him through for who he got as well, and he can uh, he can give us the anecdotes for these teams to give us an informed pick. And, well, I mean, some of these, some of these teams, when you start looking at the names he starts to list, like, I saw yeah, Gaylord uh, Palace on a couple of those rosters. Gaylord Palace or John Grant seniors. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Uh, don't forget, get your votes in. Subscribe to the podcast as well, people. You can follow along at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. Evan is at Shem Lax. Myself, you can find me at PXP, the number four sports uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen just hit that subscribe button it gets delivered straight to your phone that's the best way to do it and of course to our our great sponsor stampede tack and western wear the vancouver warriors associated labels and packaging g wilson construction meant to mention this last week as well we're set up on the online t- uh, online store for pure vital labs i still have to, to arrange a meeting it's not going to happen until all this is over but i do want to get the promo code out there you might as well start taking advantage of that now it's lacrosse classified 20 evan i know you took advantage of this already uh, yep. lacrosse classified 20 you get a 20 percent discount and they deliver it right to your door yeah and it got here in like two days it was ridiculous 
Well, there you go. So take advantage of that. Pure Vital Labs, PVL.com, Lacrosse Classified 20. Get yourself a discount delivered right to your door, courtesy of our friends at Pure Vital Labs. All right, now we got to go. Big thanks to Joe Fell for coming on the program. And make sure you're checking out the NLL social channels for all the content coming out from NLL Productions. For Evan Schemenauer, I've been Jake Elliott. Thanks for listening for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, be safe out there, everybody.